Hey guys, Pastor Jürgen here. We're so excited you're tuning into one of our amazing messages. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, it's going to be real, and it's going to be powerful. It's going to help you to grow stronger in your walk with God. It's going to put faith on the inside of you. It's going to cause you to be able to walk in greater dimensions of blessing and enlargement so that you can be a blessing to other people. Well, lean in, enjoy the word. God bless you. Um, but welcome to church, you guys. I am so excited about this message. Um, I don't know if this is going to date me or what, but has anyone in here seen the movie Twister? Okay, good. I hope that I would be in good company. I don't know. I don't remember the whole movie, but I remember that as a child, I was obsessed with this movie. It must have been like one of the big like hits at a time in my life where I just was all about it. And I watched it over and over and over. And I feel like that movie, like there's something about things that are dangerous. I don't know what it is about me, but I want to be like right there, but like safely like protected from it. Like I want to be like a storm chaser right at the, you know, the eye of the storm, but I actually want to be like very protected or I want to be like in the deep end with the great white sharks, but I want to be in the cage and make sure that they can't touch me. But um, there's something about this movie that I'll never forget. And you might remember this, but it's when the storm would begin that there's like that little weather vane that would begin to spin. And um, I felt like that was a picture of a lot of times what we experience with the Holy Spirit. And um, someone actually, an amazing pastor, Pastor Michael Maiden, prayed for me one time. And as he's praying for me, he said, you know what? You're like a weather vane. And so for my whole life, I would always have this thing where I knew something was going to happen before it would happen. Has anyone ever felt that? And, you know, the world wants to say it's intuition or a premonition or like a psychic weird out there thing, but really it's the Holy Spirit. And I remember always feeling like I would sort of know that something, you know, God was about to do something in our life, or I'd start to feel a little restless, like something wasn't right. And I could feel things changing before they were ever changing in the natural. And I realized that's the power of the Holy Spirit. And so as believers, we all have the Holy Spirit and he's going to show us times and seasons. And when the wind is beginning to shift and when that thing, that weather vane begins to spin, it's like, you know, that the wind's coming from the north or the wind's blowing in from the south. And it reminds me of this verse in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9 and 10. And it says, this is what the scriptures mean when they say, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. For his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. And so the last few times I preached, I felt like the Holy Spirit was showing me something for the times and the seasons. And um, I'm sure you guys feel that in your own life. A lot of times I'll feel that for something that, you know, Marco and I or our kids are going through and I'm seeking God. And I, I'm like, you know, I kind of feel like we need to do this or we need to do that. And a lot of times God will show me things for our church. And so um, the first message I think was it's time to fight, right? Not to like draw back, but it's time to fight and to press on and to hold the line. The next message was it's time to take territory. And and um, I'm loving all of the amazing testimonies of just believing for territory, believing for the things that God has promised you. And tonight, the word that God gave me is it's time for revival. Come on. 
It's time for revival. And tonight you have found yourself in the house of miracles. And we've said it all service long. We are standing under an open heaven. And the house of God, it's like Jacob's vision where it says he saw a ladder going from earth to heaven and there were angels going up and there were angels coming down. And it was none other than the house of God. What an awesome place. And I think of our church like this. You never know what's going to happen when you step foot in awakened church. Am I right? You never know. I heard a pastor once say, you never know what God is going to do, and he probably will. So all of the things that we could imagine or we're seeking God for, we never know what he's going to do on a Wednesday night, on a Sunday morning. But he probably will. He'll probably do just that. And so I'm so glad that we're here um, tonight. And we're in a place where anything is possible and where God can do anything. So no matter what you're going through today, no matter what you're carrying on your way in here, I want you to know that it is possible with God. It might seem possible, impossible in the natural, but with God, all things are possible. And there's just something very special going on in our church in this season. And if you have eyes to see and ears to hear, you can see that the winds of revival are beginning to blow through our campus. Can I get an amen? There is something very special and it's happening in marriages. It's happening in families. You guys have your own story. It's happening in our city. I don't know if you've noticed on a Sunday, but we have no chairs left for anyone. Currently, we have to use a parking lot for our services. There is something so special and it is the winds of revival. And, you know, there cannot be joy in our city unless there's revival in the church. And so we're in a series called There Was Great Joy in the City, and it comes out of Acts 8. And this is a time of revival in the early church. So the first believers, and, you know, Jesus has ascended. They got filled with the Holy Spirit. They're beginning to preach the message of the gospel, bring the good news to the city, and things start to happen, and it gets a little bit crazy. And what I think is interesting, um, there are many definitions for the word revival. You'll see in history periods of, you know, the Great Awakening and different revivals in the church throughout different centuries. But the word revival also means, I wrote it down, a new production of an old play or a similar work. And often when I read the book of Acts, I feel like we're living in the book of Acts. Anybody else? The same uh, pressures and opposition that the early church faced, we're facing now. And the same enemy that they faced is still trying to take down God's church. But we know that the Bible says that God is building his church, come on, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so I want to look at what was going on in Acts because I believe it parallels the times that we're living in now. And I believe what God did then, come on, he's going to do again. So Acts 8 verse 1, and what has just happened is Stephen was stoned to death. So he was one of the followers of Jesus. He wasn't one of the 12, but he was appointed by them to be, you know, one of the leaders in this movement because the church is, is growing and it's expanding. And he was just stoned to death for his faith and for sharing about God. And so it says, Verse eight, a great wave of persecution began that day. Sweeping over the church in Jerusalem and all of the believers except the apostles were scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria. Some devout men came and buried Stephen with great mourning, but Saul was going everywhere to destroy the church. He went from house to house, dragging out both men and women to throw them into prison. Verse four, but the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. 
Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria and told the people there about the Messiah. Crowds listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and see the miraculous signs that he did. And many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims. And many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. Come on. And I want to point this out before we jump into the message that persecution precedes revival. And we see this over and over in the scriptures. And, you know, it says a wave of persecution began that day. And like I said, this is the first instance where the persecution wasn't just the governmental leaders against the church leaders. This was the crowds of people, the culture against anyone who professed Christ. And so this was the first wave of persecution that began to sweep throughout the church. And so this is like, you know, it wasn't like the Pope and these hierarchy of church leaders. These were everyday average believers who were fighting for their lives because they believed in Jesus. And I kind of want to paint this picture for us because I think in America, a lot of us think of persecution and the, the Christians being persecuted as something that happens in another country, right? There's like the, the worldwide watch list and the countries where it's the most dangerous to be a Christian and, you know, people are being killed for their faith and they're having church underground and you can't profess Christ or your life is in danger. But there is a type of persecution in America that we're seeing today and it's the same spirit that was at work in the book of Acts that we're fighting now. And the one there's two things that I want to point out, and I'm sure they're obvious to many of us, but I want to go there in case there's any confusion on sometimes why Awaken Church talks about the things they talk about or why we post about the things we post about or we're passionate about the things that we're passionate about because we see a wave, we see a wave of persecution sweeping across the churches in America. And the first one is it's an attack on our religious freedoms. So we all remember, it wasn't very long ago, but it was like over two years ago now, which is crazy, that they were shutting down churches in California and throughout the United States, but they were keeping open casinos and strip clubs and dispensaries, but the churches were being told when they could meet, where they could meet, how many people could be there, what they had to wear on their face, how many inches they had to sit apart, could they sing, could they not sing. They were the government had decided that they were gonna tell the church how they were gonna worship their God. And so this is persecution against Christians in America today, in case there was any confusion. And the other one real quick, we're not gonna go too deep, but it's our public school system, what's going on in our public school system. And I'm sure there are many of you so passionate about that in here tonight. And we're no longer seeing a culture that has just tried to remove God and say, we're just gonna make it neutral. We're just gonna talk about math and, and science and reading, and we're just gonna educate. But they've decided to replace Christianity, not just take you know, the Bible out of the classroom or, or God out of the Pledge of Allegiance, and we're just gonna do the school thing. They've actually replaced it with a very radical, almost like a religion of itself. And it's an anti-God religion. And so for those of us that maybe don't have the option to stay home with your kids and homeschool them or to send them to a Christian private school, there's 50 something million children in America today that are in the public school system. And they're teaching children from the age of five. These are not teenagers or this isn't like sex ed when we were probably in school and it was very mild and 
um, more like an anatomy lesson, but they're teaching children age five that they can, if they're a boy, they can be a girl. If they're a girl, they can be a boy. They don't have to decide that they want to be anything. They actually came from nowhere. They're going nowhere and they have no purpose. And we're wondering why we have a generation of young people, the most atheist, the most confused, the most depressed, the most anxious, the most medicated generation ever in our nation. It's because they're being raised up by the public school system. And so the decisions that are being made in the school system, they are anti-God, they are anti-Christian beliefs, and it's an anti-Christ spirit, actually, that we're seeing run rampant in our world today, and this is persecution of the church in America today. But the good news is we know that persecution, it precedes revival. So we know that we've been in an intense season of two years of persecution in the church where we've had to fight for our religious freedoms, where we've had to stand up in schools. Jesse Vigil, I just want to pray for you. Um, I'm not sure if you've officially announced, but he's running. Uh, here's your announcement. Um, you can, um, I'll apologize later, but um, he's running for Chula Vista School Board for our elementary schools. Jesse and Debbie, will you stand? I want to pray for you tonight. God, I thank you for this beautiful couple. Lord, I thank you. Debbie, I want you to stand too because we know when someone runs for office, it's both of you. It's a couple. God calls the couple. So God, I thank you, Lord, that your spirit is upon this couple. God, that your spirit of revival is on the inside of Jesse and Debbie. And God, I thank you, Father, for that light of the world. God, a city on a hill that can't be hidden. God, that you would put your favor upon him. God, right now, we declare no weapon formed against them, against their reputation against their children, against their family, against their church, against their beliefs. No weapon formed against them will prosper. But God, I thank you for that anointing that is on him to break the yoke of the enemy in our school system, in the city of Chula Vista, and to take back what belongs to us in Jesus' name. God, give him strength tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The world tells us we can be anything we want to be except a Christian. Not only can you not be it, but if you talk about it, if you post about it, if you share it, you are censored, you are banned, you are canceled, you are labeled a hateful, bigot, you know, all the things, domestic terrorist, whatever you want to say, just for being a Christian and for believing what the, what the Bible says. And so in verse 4... We see that this has been happening to the apostles that are spreading the good news about Jesus. And it says, but the believers who were scattered when the wave of persecution came that day, the believers were scattered. They preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. And what I thought was so interesting is that word scattered in the Greek, it's diaspiro. And it actually means to sow throughout or to scatter like a farmer would scatter seed. And so Point number one is what the enemy meant for evil, God will turn for good. So this last season, what we've been experiencing as a church and as believers in America, what the enemy meant for evil to scatter us, God has meant for good. The persecution of these believers actually pushed them to go out of Jerusalem, into Judea, into Samaria, into the ends of the earth, exactly what Jesus commissioned them to do. They had not done this up until now. They had just been in their little bubble, in their little safe space, in their city, but this was the first time that they actually stepped out and began to fulfill the Great Commission. And we know they turned the world upside down. We're here today because they were willing and had the courage to go out and to spread their faith. 
The waves of persecution at this time in history caused the winds of revival to spread the message like a seed. And I just want to think, I want to ask you tonight, some things that have been going on in your own world that have felt like intense pressure. Maybe it's persecution, but maybe it's things within your family. I don't know about you, but we've had some major family battles over the last two years, just trying to stand up for the things that we believe in and try to, trying to navigate relationships with the people that are the closest to us, let alone people that we face on a daily basis in our workplaces. But Maybe you've been going through just intense pressure. Maybe it's been in your marriage. Maybe it's been with your children. Maybe you've been fighting for some things together. Um, I see couples, I just see in my spirit, there's been couples that have been praying for children, that have been praying to have a baby, that have been praying for your kids to come back to the Lord, that have been praying for your kids to turn around and you've been you know, feeling hopeless in this situation. I just wanna encourage you tonight that the winds of revival are gonna begin to blow in your home. They're gonna begin to blow in your heart. Maybe some of the things that you thought the enemy was doing against you for evil, God has been using for good and he's about to turn things around. God is so good that he will sometimes allow negative situations. In our life as believers, it's not promised to us that we're gonna have a perfect life, that we're never gonna have any issues and we're never gonna have any problems. But when we have that theology, we tend to filter every difficult experience in our life through the lens of the devil is attacking me. And what looked like the devil attacking the believers in this situation was God using the wave of persecution to apply the pressure needed to scatter them like a seed. And I don't know about you, I, what, I don't know a lot about seeds, but I do know that when they grow into the ground, something begins to grow and they begin to produce fruit and a harvest comes from seeds, even if you scatter them. It doesn't matter if you plant them perfectly and carefully. Um, we had a pumpkin one year, like rot on our front porch. And the next year, do you remember this? The next year, this giant pumpkin vine started sprouting out, took over our whole front yard. We had perfect pumpkins for Halloween because they had just been scattered seeds from the year before. And I think of my own journey with the Lord, and we came to Awaken about five years ago, five or six years ago. Feels like I don't even know what my life was before we came. Feels like forever, but um, we had had a very painful experience in church, and we uh, were pastors at our church before, and we had gone through some difficult, very painful things that were going on in the church at the time, and when we arrived here, we were like shells of humans in a lot of ways. We were very broken. We were, we were dealing with a lot of just pain from things that we had experienced. And I remember just that feeling of hopelessness washing over me thinking, this is it. I couldn't imagine how God would ever use me again, how God would ever do something good in my life. I felt like all hope had been lost. But what's amazing is what the enemy thought he was doing for evil in my life was God scattering me, literally the word scattering. He was planting me in this amazing place of awakened church. And I won't tell you all the story because I'm gonna get into it in a little bit, but I just look at some of the things that have happened in this last season for Awaken and for our campus. Okay, first of all, we're in a venue with crystal chandeliers and floral wreaths hanging from the ceiling because we are doubling. We are like, thank God we decided to do the remodel when we did because there are waves and waves of people that are coming to this house. And just when the enemy thought he was shutting the doors of the church, we kept them open and we began to grow. And so we see the pattern when there is persecution, when there is opposition, when you feel that the enemy has pressed you against a wall, get ready to grow, get ready to grow, get ready to grow, get ready for the winds of revival to begin to sweep through your life. 
through your family, through your heart. God is up to something. He can turn anything for good. We're even on the brink of starting a new campus. The winds of revival have been blowing west and planting some seeds in Coronado that are sprouting up like you wouldn't believe. Get ready, get ready, get ready for revival. There are more, you're gonna have to be sitting very close to your neighbor very shortly because these, this room is gonna be filled with people that need Jesus and with people that are gonna have the same testimony of breakthrough that you have of getting restored, the same testimony Marco and I have of getting planted. I love that, that um, little quote you see on Instagram. They thought they buried you, but they didn't know you were a seed. I just came to me. There's circumstances in our life that we thought buried us and we thought that it was the end and we thought it was the end of our journey and we lost hope, but we didn't know that God was scattering his seeds for his purposes. In Jesus' name, point number two, we can't run from the darkness, but we must face it with faith, authority, and with power. Verse six said, crowds listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and see the miraculous signs he did. Many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims. There is nothing boring about the Bible, you guys. It's a little PG-13, a little rated R at times even. And many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in the city. We cannot have great joy in our city or in our life if we do not take care of the demonic. And I know I say this with a smile and very lightly because it's actually not a weird thing. This should be a common thing that we talk about in church. It's all throughout the scriptures. It's all throughout the book of Acts. We are living in the continuation of the book of Acts. And, you know, in a time where... Um, we see many Christians actually retreating into their church buildings and not wanting to touch or engage in the, the darkness and the things that are going on in the culture. And they're just wanting to hide, make sure everything is safe. This is not what we are doing here at Awaken Church, in case you hadn't noticed. But God is calling us to face the darkness in our culture and to not face it with fear, but to deal with it. And what I love about Awakened Church is not only are we not afraid to face it, but we are equipped to face it. We know the scriptures. We know God's principles. We know the power of the Holy Spirit. And we know that there is nothing that is too hard for the Lord. And so I believe that we're called to face the darkness of the things that are on the inside of us, not just the things that are out there in the world. And I remember um, when I first came, because of some of the things I'd been through, I was in a very deep pit of like anxiety and depression and struggling with my mental health. I've shared on this before, but I wanted, I was like, take me wherever they take people that like can't function anymore because I need some help. Just drop me off. I was at such a low place. And like I said, I'd been a Christian for almost a decade. I'd been a pastor in church for a good chunk of that time. I'm like, we, I think we got ordained maybe two years after we got saved. That was probably first, first red flag right there. But um, I had journeyed with God for a long time, but nobody had ever taught me how to deal with the darkness that was in my own heart. And so I was around a lot of believers that would say, oh, I'm just so sorry you're going through that. We'll pray for you. Or God, help her and just give her comfort because 
what she's going through must be so hard. And then a year later, I'm still in the same place, still going around the same mountains, but something different happened when I came to Awaken Church. And I was not aware of the freedom that I was living without. I was not aware that actually my life could turn around for good. There was a time where I couldn't even imagine having another birthday because that would mean another year of life that I had to endure with all of the torment that was in my mind. And something beautiful happened here at the house of God, in the house of transformation, in the house of miracles, where people began to pray for me, but they didn't pray for me in the way of, oh, I'm so sorry you're going through this with just, you know, some empathy. It was, God, we command these things that are plaguing her mind. We command these things that are oppressing her thoughts. We break and we bind their power now in the name of Jesus. We declare health. We declare healing. We declare restoration. And the people in this house, when I didn't have faith for myself, they had faith for the darkness that I had been through. And so if you're here tonight and you have walked through some darkness, be encouraged. Be encouraged. You are in the very best place. Not only can God heal you from anything, I hear a lot of people say, well, I think it's just like a, um, what do you call it? Like a chemical imbalance in my brain. And so, you know, like I don't really need prayer because I just need to go like do yoga and go walk on the beach and do some grounding. And I mean, do all of those things. But when I was in the state I was in, I'm like, no beach walk is actually gonna get me out of this pit that I'm in. But if you're here tonight, there are people, there are pastors, there are leaders, the people sitting next to you that they know how to call down heaven. They know how to lay hands on the sick and see healing. They know how to break the power of the enemy. They're not afraid of the darkness. And something so beautiful happened to me. I was like miraculously restored. I feel like the sun came up on my life again and it was being in this house, in this community, after journeying with God for a decade, it was like I understood what it meant to follow Jesus and be free for the very first time. And there were beautiful friends that came around me and they loved me. And it honestly, you guys, it's not like a, it wasn't like a 10-year process that I had to go through. It was a few months of seeking the Lord, going through some pastoral care, humbling myself and recognizing that I needed healing, I needed deliverance. And here I am filled with great joy because they were not afraid to deal with the darkness. And so we have to deal with the darkness within. Um, but I'm also, what I love about our church is they're not afraid to address the darkness that's going on out there on the outside. And um, in case some of you don't know, my husband and I, well, my husband is running for city council. I am supporting him in his race for city council. Um, and he, like, he has to remind me I'm not the candidate sometimes, like, babe, stop talking, okay? I know you have a lot to say. But um, it's something that has happened in our life that God called us into this political sphere, and not because of making a name for ourselves or some sort of fame or recognition, but because God has showed us that there is a darkness out there that he has actually equipped us as believers to go and to take down and to go and to address that we're not just doing church on Sunday, just in here, but we're taking the light of the church, we're taking the revival that we're experiencing in the house of God, and we're taking it out there. And I laugh to myself because, you know, some people are like, oh, I heard you're running for office, and wow, that's so amazing. And I'm like, 
You want to know what running for office actually is? It is passing out little flyers in apartment complexes on the weekend to strangers that don't like politicians, don't want to listen to you, and you have to convince them that you're their guy, that you're the best choice for city council. But you know why we do it? Because we know that the only way to bring great joy to our city is to face the darkness, and it's to address the things that are going on in our city for our children. It's to overturn seats that have been occupied by men and women who carry a spirit that is anti-God, that is anti-family, that is anti-prosperity, that is anti-revival and all of the things that we believe. But it's going to take a church that's full of revival, that's willing to go and to do the things that nobody else is willing to do. Point number three. And we're going to wrap up because I want to pray for some people tonight. But prayer is the birthing ground of revival. Can we get some keys? Oh, there you go, Adrian. You read my mind. Prayer is the birthing ground of revival. And so if you read in the book of Acts, a few chapters back, Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, it says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The people of God, the believers, much like you and I, they were sitting in an upper room waiting for the power of God, waiting for the Holy Spirit that Jesus promised. He said, it's better that I go. It's better that I go to the Father because I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. But don't do anything. Don't leave the city. Don't go out and try to preach the message. Don't go out and try to face the persecution and the opposition. Don't do it until you're filled with power from on high. This is a battle, church, that we cannot fight with our own strength. The weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. We need the Holy Spirit to do what we're called to do. We need the Holy Spirit to face the darkness. We need the Holy Spirit to be like Philip and to stand up with boldness and see people that are in torment and to call the demons out of them because he knows how to handle the darkness. We need to be people of prayer. And I just love this picture of the disciples. They're waiting. They're together. They're in one place, in one accord, like cherished prayer on a Tuesday morning at 7 o'clock or men's prayer on a Tuesday morning at 5.30 in the morning. We're there and we wake up because we know that the winds of revival are blowing through our city and we cannot birth a revival unless it's birthed in prayer and birthed in the spirit first. And so I believe tonight that we're gonna just come around a time of prayer as we close this service. And I believe that tonight, some of you, you're gonna get filled with the Holy Spirit for the first time because you have a calling, you have an anointing. God has set you apart for his purposes, but you cannot fulfill it without the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is a church where you are going to be equipped for your purpose, not just to live like this comfortable little life like I did for 10 years before I came here and I thought this was all that there was to life, but something happened to Marco and I when we came here. We were filled with the Holy Spirit. We understood that we had an assignment that came from heaven, that our life wasn't just about us, but we were called to actually be those to bring great joy to a city that is hurting, to a city that is lost, to people that are like sheep without a shepherd like Jesus and he over the people and he said they are like sheep without a shepherd but God has sent us 
I believe, church, that there's gonna be great joy in Chula Vista. There's gonna be great joy in Eastlake. There's gonna be great joy in San Diego because we're here, because we're here and we carry the power of the Holy Spirit. When we pray, Jesus tells us in Matthew, our Father, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so when we pray, we are literally pulling heaven to earth. So whatever we need on earth, we're reaching up to heaven and we're declaring, let it be on earth as it is in heaven. If you're walking through a season of sickness in your body, we're reaching up to heaven saying, we pull down healing as it is in heaven, let it be here on earth because there's no sickness in heaven. There's no disease in heaven. There's no demonic in heaven. There is only healing and restoration and wholeness and peace and joy. And that is why we show up to corporate prayer. That is why we live lives of prayer because we cannot do it apart from God. We cannot do it without the Holy Spirit. We cannot fulfill our destiny. We cannot say yes and step into the things of God. There are some of us I feel tonight that are right on the brink of doing something that you feel is like crazy. Like there's some opportunities that have opened up for you and all you can think is, how are we gonna do this? Chris Brown, you're gonna do it by the power of the Holy Spirit. You're gonna do it because you are chosen, you are anointed, because you carry revival on the inside of you and there's gonna be great joy in the industry that you step into because you're there. People are gonna experience life change because you're there. And so church, I just wanna, we're gonna stand up. We're gonna go into a little worship in a minute. But I believe tonight there is an anointing for healing in this house. And you see it time and time again throughout the scriptures. The believers were gathered and it said the power of the Lord was present to heal. Or that signs and wonders followed the preaching of the word. And so I believe tonight, if you need a miracle, if you need a miracle in your body, I want you to lift your hand and we're gonna begin to pray for you. If you need a miracle in your body, or some of you are here representing a child, one of your children that needs healing in their body, I want you to lift your hand high and we're gonna begin to pray. We're gonna begin to call down heaven. God, I thank you tonight that you are the God of miracles. Lord, I thank you there is nothing too hard for the Lord. God, right now, I believe even under the sound of my voice as we pray, miracles, signs, and wonders that the winds of revival are blowing through your church tonight. God, I thank you right now for Judah, for baby Judah. God, we declare that his lungs are restored, that his lungs are healed. Right now, we cancel any diagnosis from the doctors. And God, I thank you that as he grows, just like Jesus, he said in wisdom, in stature, and favor with God. We declare that over Judah. His lungs are gonna grow. He's gonna grow in wisdom, stature, and favor with God. And you are gonna declare the goodness of God who healed your son in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Lord, I thank you right now. Lord, there are people that are being healed of nerve pain in the house. If you've been dealing with nerve pain, I want you to raise your hand. Nice and high. Thank you, Jesus. God, I thank you right now. You're restoring nervous systems. God, you're restoring brains. God, you're restoring that hub of their nervous system right now, right to the root, right to the source. God, we cut off every lie of the enemy that would say you're gonna live this way forever. This is just how your body's gonna be. This is how you were born. This is how it's gonna be. But right now we cancel that assignment of the enemy and we declare healing tonight over nervous systems. God, that you would restore anything. Lord, the people that have been in car accidents, people that have had injuries, God, that have messed with their nervous system. God, right now I declare supernatural restoration in 
the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Are the, is there anyone here tonight, you're fighting something in your kidneys, a kidney infection, kidney stones, something in your kidneys? Come on. There it is. Come on, lift your faith in the room tonight. Let's begin to pray. God, I thank you right now for health in kidneys. God, right now we curse kidney stones in the name of Jesus. God, we curse the pain that has been caused by issues in kidneys. And God, I see you restoring, putting things back together. God, like they were brand new. God, right now we cancel that assignment of the enemy against kidneys and against some vital organs. I even see some of you, you're scheduled for surgery. I hear the Holy Spirit saying, cancel it. Cancel it, cancel it, cancel it by faith. This is between you and the Lord but I see him canceling. I see literally a calendar of a surgical procedure and you're gonna know you're gonna have the evidence. It's gonna be on your medical results. It's gonna be from your doctor. You do not need the surgery. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. I wanna open the altars tonight and ministry team, if you could come forward. If anything, anything that came up tonight as I preach, any of the things that I shared, that I went through. You need prayer tonight, you need a miracle, you need breakthrough. Revival begins with us first before we can go out and bring great joy to the city. But God is gonna restore your joy tonight. He's gonna heal broken bodies, sick bodies. You've been oppressed by maybe something I said tonight about feeling that anxiety, that depression, demonic activity in your life. God wants to set you free tonight. So the altars are open. We're gonna go back into a song of worship but I wanna invite you to come forward. If you wanna do business tonight with the Lord, please come forward. Thank you, Jesus. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.